and welcome to Big Gay Energy. I'm Bree. I'm Theora. And I'm Caitlin. Come along with us while we dive into the fun and nuances of queer media. Representation matters, and we're here to talk about it. Oh, this just in. Breaking news. Three lesbians are taking Vancouver in less than one week. And they are preparing hard. Roads are shutting down. Businesses are closing early. (laughs) They know the chaos is about to break loose. All in Vancouver, where nothing usually happens. Make it sound like, what's that movie where you can do whatever you want for a day? Oh. Oh my god, what is that? The Purge? No, I don't know. Yeah, the, the... the Purge. I mean, I was going to say Poltergeist, and I know that's not the movie. So. <laughs> no, that's the one that terrified me when I was little. I've, I've seen one of these movies that. and was just guessing. So. I'm pretty sure it's the Purge. I've never seen it, but I'm pretty sure The Purge is. I've never seen it either. I've only seen the trailer. It just See, seems- I love when I edit this and I have to like get through like five minutes of nothing before. Okay, so. Ooh, um- that was the warm-up. Well, that was gay news. So, in uh, big gay energy news part three of coming out right yeah yeah it's time for coming out part three time to wrap this coming out business i'm gonna actually have to put one of our breaking news things in because that's That's fine that's fine may it not be the truck nuts yeah not that (laughs) no it's gonna be us taking well (laughs) breaking news (laughs) vancouver will have been over by the time you hear this (laughs) yeah so our breaking news is not so breaking. <laughs> it's breaking for now. You just don't get to hear it. I'm going to put a disclaimer that I got the COVID shot yesterday and I'm very out of it. Welcome back to Big Gay Energy. We are going to be talking about coming out in queer media for the third episode. We are going to start with one day at a time. And Elena coming out to her whole family and how they take it. And would any of you like to give your thoughts first? Because apparently I can't speak. Um, First of all, I love this show. And it's a crime that it was canceled. But what I love about this... Well, there are multiple scenes. But the main scene with Elena coming out to her mother is it basically contrasts literally everything we talked about in part two where they come from a Christian family. I can't remember the denomination. I think it's Catholic because they talk about the Pope a lot. But the expectation, the, you know, the initial fear from Atlanta when she's like telling her mom is kind of there and you kind of know why it's there. But to her mother's credit, she's super, super supportive. And, and in that moment, even though it's kind of like a shock to the mom, she like does give her daughter the space to just talk and say what she needs to say and I thought that was really special because that's not always the case usually like in that moment it then becomes about the person that's hearing the information and they blow up freak out because there's a really good point in one of the scenes later with the mom where she's like I'm not taking this well I should be taking this well why am I not taking this well and like the friend is basically like well like your daughter has been processing this for like a long time and came to this place where she can say it out loud and you like just heard this for the first time it's okay to process this because like 
you know, and we often don't think about that perspective, like the other person having to process this for the for the first time, like it's a journey, like it's like it's a journey for you to go through it. It's a, kind of a journey for them, too. And so I liked that little insight because I think that's important, especially for for parents or like family members who are who have this, you know, kind of like a reaction to this. And they're like, wow, I want to be supportive. But like, I'm having all these feelings that I have to like, how do I navigate this? That often is not discussed. Like, it's just like, be supportive and be good in the moment. But like, it's one thing to hear that to next thing, to, another thing to be in the situation and like, do it when you're not prepared for it. I have one so, thing to say about that scene. I guess, say whatever you want. This is your segment. <laughs> but I love how she's like, well, when did you find out? She's like, like two days ago, she's like, and you're not leading a pride parade already? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's 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 true. You know, you everybody. It's a it's a process for everybody. Um, but the one I the one scene I love the most is like that's the mom's journey where <laughs> versus the gr- abuela who like I have a whole who, thing about that. Yeah, who literally monologues out loud, and that is her process. And it's like three sentences, and she's like, "Okay, I'm fine." <laughs> I have it written here. Like, I was going to read it. It's so good. So I'm going to read it. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to read it because I had this whole thing. so fucking funny. Because I love Rita Moreno. Mm -hmm. We've already went over this. I love her so much. And just the way she, just the whole character is just amazing. So good. And I love how everyone is supportive to Elena. Like, Elena has no idea any of these thoughts are going on. And I feel like that's kind of good in a way because she needs the support right now, but it allows the everyone around her to also process by just being like, okay, we're going to support you, but I, now I have to go and process it myself. But what is her name in the show? Abuela. Mm, why is my brain? You would say that. Whatever. Anyway, she her monologue is, look, I know you are cool with this, but you have to understand I'm a religious woman and I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I have a problem with Elena being gay. It goes against God. Although God did make us in his image and God does not make mistakes, make mistakes clearly. <laughs> And when it comes to the gays, the Pope did say, who am I to judge? And the Pope represents God. So what? Am I going to go against the Pope and God? Who the hell do I think I am? Okay. Okay? I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then Penelope is like, did you really just work that out in 10 seconds? And, <laughs> but <laughs> this is my favorite part. See, because she is my granddaughter and I love her no matter what. So tell me. When is the parade? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Exactly. Lydia. Lydia. Lydia, yes. Oh, I love her. She was the best part of that show to me. I love it. Or the funniest part. She's definitely hilarious. I love love that her brother is always really supportive of her, even though they have the typical sibling, like, we fight, but, like... We're ride or die thing. Their like, family. Can... Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Because like that easily could be like, like that was a concern for me too because I have a brother and I was always like, ah, oh, crap, is he going to turn on me? Because like men and gay stuff, like masculinity and all that stuff. But like, 
no, my brother was just like him. He was like, no, yeah, mm-hmm. I got you. So he's like the first one to find out too, like that she didn't I even know. know, like she was questioning. And it's cute. Uh, I I feel like we need an episode on this show because I love the show so much. It's a great show, but I. But we do have to talk about Elena's father. Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. So. I hate this part so much that he was another one that acted fine to her face and then completely changed. Like, that's the part that's not okay. He stood his daughter up on one of the biggest nights or days of her life, of her quinceanera. Like, you're gonna, you're showing the, like, the entire family that you're an asshole. First of all, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think anyone else knew at that point, but it doesn't matter. But the way that everybody else like got up and just started dancing with her, my heart, like she, ugh. like the, the support is just everything. The support was there even before the dance at the Kitsay because she came in a suit. So, like, they were already, like... like oh, my supporting. God, the suit thing was the right. best. Like, they were already, like, hey, like, we're going to support... Because the family could have easily been, like, okay, the Akise is for, like, appearances, too. It's a it's a coming out into society kind of moment. Yeah. And so they could have easily said, hey, look, we're cool with the gay stuff. The family's going to be there. You got to wear a dress. And, like, be a young woman kind of thing. But they didn't. They're, like, you go as you. This is your night. It's about you. And then when the dad stands her up, like, her Penelope is like, fuck that. I- I'm going to be your parent, like, and do what a good parent should do. And, like, then the brother and the grandma. It's very, very sweet. But, like, they they supported her even before that point, which is huge. And just, it goes yeah, to show, like, the, the depth of, was like, love there. in this family. Mm-hmm. But also, like, the suit scene... Like, because the grandmother kept remaking the dress. And I know this is not a one day at a time episode, but there's, like, just the whole journey helped me to come out. So, like, that's why I just, I love this show so much. That the grandmother kept making the dress, and each time, Elena wasn't too happy with it, but she didn't know why. And then Lydia just was like, okay, I, I got it. And came back with the suit. And it was just the sweetest thing. And I freaking hate dresses. Same. I'll wear them, but I fucking hate them. <laughs> I'm the only one that doesn't hate the dresses. Oh my god. I'll wear them for like shows and stuff, but that's about it. I like the freedom. 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 Um. <laughs> I don't know how to sit like a lady. And I hate being told that, so I refuse to wear it. Or I have to wear shorts under it. I think, do you have anything else on this show? It's an amazing show. It's a comfort show. And now I want to rewatch it. That's all I have. You guys I haven't seen the fourth season fully when it went to the other network. What network did it go on? I can't remember. I watched it. Go watch it. I'll watch it. Uh, We have so much to watch. Well, yeah. That's the beauty (laughs) of this show. We will just keep going with all the gay stuff. But yeah, that's a gem of a show. If you've never seen it, go watch it. It's amazing. All right. 
I really could talk about that whole show and stuff, and we probably will one day. And we will at your point. Yeah. So, on to our last part that is still like seven scenes long. We're going to be talking about forced coming out, which always sucks. And I've never seen this part. I've never I've seen the show, but I haven't seen this episode or anything of Dawson's Creek when Jack writes a poem and his teacher forces him to read it out loud. And this poor kid is like dying on the inside, being like, please don't make me read it. Like, please. Like you said it was just gonna be for you. And even when he is reading it out loud and you he's crying. The teacher has like such a stone face and like he's such an asshole. Like you can tell like there's this is something big for him. Like you should have had stopped him like after the first sentence. I was just like, you know what? I'm sorry. You can sit down. But then he finishes it and runs out of the room and won't even let another person go and make sure he's okay. And I just really don't like the teacher. Yeah, I had I had a question about this, that whole thing. Like, is this a generational thing? Because the teacher is acting like an authoritarian with children. And I feel like that's like a generational thing where like kids are not people. Like I'm the oldest person in this room. Therefore, you have to respect me and just do exactly what I say no matter what. And that's the energy this man is giving off. Even though like Jack, like you said, is repeatedly pleading like please don't please don't make me do this but he's like no I'm the teacher and I said so now you have to obey me like it seems like that generational like children obey what adults say kind of shit and that's why he doubles down on this and then even when he's clearly wrong and Jack runs away and then Pacey tries to run after him he's like no sit down like no I was right like if he can't handle me being right then let him run away kind of energy it's just that bullshit helps literally no one and just traumatizes literally. You just traumatize everybody in that room like because you're being an authoritarian fascist asshole like two children. It's not a good look. No. I really hated this scene. I hated watching this scene. I'll say it that way. Because of the reasons you're supposed to hate this scene. But yes, the trauma. I can't watch it again because I don't. The feelings that it evokes are not. It's like, hard to watch. No. And that may sound extreme, but it's like, it's a lot. Like, it's the all the fears. It's like all the fears that you have and the nightmares that you have before coming out. And it's just in this little, this little scene on this show that I watched for, man, this came out when I was, how old, when did this show come out? I think I was in high school. I was going to say middle school, at, at end of middle school, high school, probably time. It was a huge so show. I, I had the a history of TV deal. drama class and we had to watch it for it. That's how I know the show. This was a huge show when it was happening. It was. And I had a lot of uh, feelings about this show. But that scene. 
liked Jack and his sister, and I hate that this is how he had... Ah, uh, he's just a character, but still, whatever. Well, this also, poor... I hate Dawson. Dawson was the most <sighs> annoying character. Uh, yeah, show. I hate him, too. <laughs> anyway, that's not the point. The point is... I think that what, what you're all saying about how, like, it's hard to watch it and it makes you super uncomfortable is the point. And, the, and mm-hmm. when this came out, like, there were, like, gay representation was, like, nothing. So the fact that they even did this on a huge show was groundbreaking at the time. And so I think it had to be this way because the attitude towards, like, queer people in media was the teacher in the room in this scene was just like whatever i don't really care about you and so to watch that like you can see like why this is a big deal in jack's journey and like the repercussions of just like being yourself like was huge for the time and like at the time like all like the queer stuff was like either tragic or coded as villain so jack is kind of like the tragic one at this point but it pans out at the end um but I will say his poem, the poem itself, taking away the contact, like, it's so hauntingly beautiful, his poem they wrote. Like, it's so, like, raw and just, like, a beautiful depiction of, like, questioning and being, like, huh, kind of thing. It's a beautiful poem. Just the fact that he had to get on this stage in front of people against his will and say it out loud is super fucked up. But the poem is really beautiful. You just said 1998. Yeah, 1998. Yeah, this was a big deal at the time. Like, it was a huge deal. We're talking about a lot of that time period. It was a, well, because this, that's when people started really getting, like, characters started coming out on TV. And this is kind of the, the start of all, because Buffy was going on at the same time. Mm-hmm. And you had those. And then Will and uh, Grace. Yeah, Will and Grace. You had all these, like, parallel gay storylines that were popping up and it was becoming more of a thing. Not that it was always done well. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a, there's also actual reasons for why this was the time period and it had to do mm-hmm. with like the rules of what could be on television at the time yes. that came out of Cold War bullshit that we will have an entire episode about at some point. But there's mm-hmm. a reason why like it all kind of happened around the same time. It's because like what could be on tv was getting less crazy conservative and more like normal to what was in society and that's why they were allowed to have it on tv in the first place like before that you weren't actually allowed to have this on tv we're going to be talking about a scene that's like credited as like changing the landscape oh yeah yeah it's this all happened after that scene that scene made it all possible um that's not our only scene for dawson's creek though unfortunately (laughs) Yeah, that that poor kid goes through it. Of course he does. And I wanted to talk on that, uh, bring that scene up as well, just because of the breakdown of him being like, he doesn't want to be like that. Like, he hates himself so much. Like, he wants to be like the son his father wants him to be. Yeah, what's the scene? I don't fully... Okay, it's a... I just know that the father, I don't remember. What is it, Theora? Basically, so the scene Caitlin's referred to is one with the Jack, his dad, and his sister. And basically, this is like 
Jack forcing the conversation of like, I'm gay. We need, I'm trying to come out to you and you need to hear it. Cause I, I've never really seen the entire show. So I guess before that, the dad just like ignores him anytime he tries to say it out loud. And it's like, we're not having this conversation. Cause once you say it, it's real. And Jack is basically at his breaking point And he's like, no, 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 we need to have this conversation. And so it's, they're saying, he's saying it to like his dad and his sister. And so the scene is like their reactions and his reaction post saying it out loud kind of thing. Thank you. You're welcome. What is it with dads? Toxic masculinity. That's what it is. Yep. Patriarchy. This is patriarchy nonsense. That's yep. indoctrinated into our society. That's what this is. So far, like in these episodes, it's been dads and grandmothers. Religious grandmothers. Except Be- Lydia. <laughs> well, because it's indoctrination. And- indoctrination. Exactly. <laughs> this is indoctrination. <laughs> know what that means basically it's when you're it's when people ingrain ideology into you at a young age and it influences your behavior later so by like removing certain things from history books and then teaching kids like it indoctrinates them to believe a certain way like oh these were the good guys in history or like that never happened or uh, religion does that too, where you're indoctrinated to believe like this is what good is, this is what bad is, this is how you should behave, this is what a woman is, this is what a man is, and so then you're indoctrinated to believe that. So when someone challenges your beliefs, you either question or you're just you double down and label them as evil, immoral, and like that's the problem that we're having in society. And like this is the these are the conversations that happen in real life because of that. And it yeah, that's indoctrinating. You're imposing a belief system on somebody when they're uh, kind of like without them knowing it. Thank you for once again educating me. So, yeah. Patriarchy and what what men are supposed to be like and how, you know, that's what's being challenged with the dad who's like, my son can't be gay. Like, because like, that's not what men do. And so that's why he's like, I can't hear it. And there's a line that Jack says where he's like, I see how you look at me. And I know that you know. So like he basically what's crazy about the scene is he's trying to force his dad to like listen to him. And the dad's trying to run away and go to work. And he's like, no, no, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. Because if I don't hear it, it's not true. But Jack's like, you already know what I'm going to say is is true. Like, you know it. I know by the way you look at me, by the way you act around me. Because Jack had another brother that they could compare to. And he's like, I know he was the son you always wanted, who was the, the man of the house and like going to follow in your footsteps. And I'm different. And I know that you know that. Like, let me tell you. But like, again, the dad doesn't want to hear it because once he admits his son is different, his son's queer, like, then he's in a position masculine wise where he's like, you're either not my son and I have to get rid of you or like. I have to confront all this bullshit. And that makes me uncomfortable. It comes back to the thing. I'm uncomfortable now. And I don't want to be uncomfortable in my own house. Like, mm-hmm. cause my beliefs are being challenged. That's what this really is. And that's why it's so stupid. It's like, we're not looking at each other as humans. We're like looking at this as like, my beliefs are being challenged and I am uncomfortable. And how dare you for making me uncomfortable. It's victim blaming again. And like the poor kid is like, you're my dad. You're supposed to like, listen to me and like, love me and put all that aside and like, just listen and the dad can't even give him that. And what's awesome in the scene, too, is that the sister at first is just, like, quiet and, like, standing there. Because, like, patriarchy, the two guys are going at it. But when she's put on the hot spot, she ultimately supports her brother. She goes and, like, hugs him. 
which is showing that like, yeah, I will, I love you no matter what kind of thing. Whereas the dad's like, I can't even hear this. Like, no. Mm-hmm. So. I just feel bad for him. That whole family had a lot of problems. Problems in the show. I do not know. But should watch that too. We need to watch all the things. Um all right. Anything else in that scene? I just saw what's next and I got happy. Yep. <gasps> Yay. Yes. Okay. So next we're talking about coming out later in life or just like not as like teenagers. Basically, yes. Normalize that. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I think it's 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 okay too. So, which scene are we talking about, Caitlin? We are talking about Alex and Supergirl, and this is my favorite scene ever because I don't know it. It's the one I felt was like closest to all like how I felt through all this, and we're ta- first talking about. Her trying to tell Kara that she has feelings for this police officer, right? She's a police officer. Yeah, detective. Mag- Maggie's a detective. <clears throat> yeah. Detective Maggie. And the way she's saying it, she never says, like, I'm gay or anything. She's just, like, beating around it. Because this is the first time, like, she's she's trying to process it out loud, basically, through this conversation. Because... Bye, Caitlin. It's like, you have no idea what you're going to actually say. Let me give you a break. Um, So basically, she's trying to get Kara to figure it out on her own as she's trying to figure it out. So she's just like, so I have these feelings. And Kara's, part of like what Kara says is kind of like stupid in this scene, like, I mean, I guess she's growing up and, like, she never knew any of this was, like, a possibility. So she's trying to wrap her head around it. But uh, I feel like she could have gotten there quicker. But Honestly, this is one of the best coming out scenes of all time. It's just so real. Because it's true, like... what was it? I feel like we were when we were talking about leg- lessons of vengeance. There's that line where it's just like preparate, like knowing something is not the same thing as being prepared for it to happen. So like, obviously in the scene, like Alex is like ready to like talk to his, her sister about it, but like the words don't come out. Like so, it's just like this ramble around beating around the bush, like you just said. And to Kara's credit, like she sits down and tries to ask questions to understand what Alex is really saying and help her like work through this anxiety that's like written all over Alex. And the part that I love is when Alex is like (laughs) processing this with Cara, like probing her. She's like, you know, what are you trying to say? Like, is it this blah, blah, blah. And Alex starts going through childhood memories and she's just like, holy shit. That was a gay thing I did as a kid. <laughs> like, that's so real. Because when you're trying to process yeah. it, you're like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I've been gay this whole time. Like, all the signs have been there. I just didn't know that that's what I was doing. Like, I, and she acknowledges the fact that, like, 
I didn't even know this was a memory, but then when I was really thinking about it, I was like, holy shit, I had all these baby gay memories and I just shoved them down. And it's like, Alex was scared and that's why she did it until like, you can only shove that shit down so much. And then it just kind of comes right up and you have to eventually process it, which is what's happening in this moment with Kara, like the person she loves the most in the world, her sister. And so it just, it's it's really great because it's supportive sister and then Alex processing this in such a like real way. Uh, this scene is so good. It's so, so good. Can't hear you. Your audio has gone. So much of Alex's life up to that point was centered around Kara and taking care of Kara and making sure mm-hmm. she was okay, making sure nobody found out Kara's secret. So her whole life, she's mm-hmm. been focused on Kara and like the family and other people, basically, that she didn't have any time to have this self-realization because Alex never sat with herself for very long, Totally, <laughs> to be honest. So it makes sense that she would have this delayed coming out. Yeah, I just and Alex's most of her storylines, I just related to so much. Like my the family member who was like my sister growing up, um, it was always about her and like talking about her and boys and all of that. And so it was never like me talking about things. Mm-hmm. We were always so focused on her. So like I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Because like it was always worrying about her and her life, not really caring about how I felt. Not fair. And, yeah, just the remembering everything. I love that. And it was just like, she's like, oh, shit, this is too much. All right, I'm done talking. Bye. I know. <laughs> yeah. She just kind of like, she doesn't. Yeah, I love the. I like this whole arc because she doesn't really know what's going on in some senses. So she doesn't know how to verbalize it. And then that confuses Kara, who's not used to having a conversation like that with Alex yeah, and not used to Alex freaking out. So that really gives you a lot of insight into their relationship and how the roles are kind of being reversed a bit and how neither of them know how to deal with that at that moment in time. So. And Cara's having to learn, trying to learn like, okay, not everything is about me mm-hmm. and my secret. So like in the next scene, Alex comes in after work, I guess, and Kara's like, I'm fine. Like, you didn't have to check on me. And she's like, that's not why I'm here. Like, she was here for herself, but Kara's like, oh, she must be checking on me because that's always what happened. And then she's like, all right. And, like, she makes her sister sit down, and they they finally talk about her. And the way that Alex opens up, and she's just, like, at the end, when Kara's like, so tell me about her. And she just mm-hmm. gets so happy. She's like, and she's like, she's smart. And she, I don't remember what she actually said. And she's like, and she's so beautiful. God, she's beautiful. The way at the end when out, Al- yeah, there's so many things about the scene, but the way Alex like breathlessly is describing Maggie is just mm-hmm. so genuine because it's like, that's how she feels on the inside. And it's just a milestone to be so comfortable to be that honest about your crush with like somebody and so and it's also like demonstrating by the way 
that line is really delivered. Like she's so beautiful. It's just breathless. It's like demonstrating like that weight that's been weighing on her about this crush is like gone. Like, and she's just like able to like say it out loud like that in that breathless way is just chef's kiss to that, that piece. Acted beautifully. Kyler portrayed this whole storyline so perfect, Mm -hmm. so beautiful. It was great. I love her as Alex. Everything. Yeah, she, she was a great actress. I yeah. love Alex. I love Alex. And the oh, thing the thing I really love about this particular doing it in this show in this dynamic is they set up the comparison like you said to Alex and her secret identity as queer to Kara and her secret identity as a superhero because we are nauseatingly used to this superhero hides their true self narrative. And so Mm -hmm. this comparison really helps to normalize that what queer people go through, like Alex, is the same kind of thing where you have to constantly hide who you are and it eats you up on the inside and it makes it hard to have relationships with people because you're constantly hiding who you are. That's what we see with the superhero narrative. And so people don't judge you. Yeah. Like try to hurt you. Like it just... Or hurt the people you love. And like, it's the exact same thing. So I love that they're setting up that comparison. They're like, hey, this is kind of what queer people go through in real life. That same thing that you've been, and people have, it's normal, normal that like superhero behavior is normal. And we empathize with the superhero, even though there are no superheroes doing this. But it's like, hey, the sister is also going through this in a very real way that happens in real life. So it helps, again, to for people who don't go through this to like compare the two and be like, Hey, these are very similar. Like if you're having empathy for one, you should be able to understand and have empathy for the other. And so I love that they chose to do it in this show. Cause that is very important to like put those two kind of stories up together and be like, Hey, they're kind of the same. Like, and the other thing I love is in that context for both of them, Kara and, Alex both struggle with the loneliness component because having that do du- that duality in life is isolating and everyone can kind of relate to being lonely at some point in time. But like, I love that that comparison is made here too, because unfortunately that is part of it. Like you can't be you. So it's, it's very isolating and lonely until you can like let it out. Yeah. And then on the couch, they're, they're like basically realized together, like we have each other and like, this is, like with when they're together, like they don't have to hide anything. Yeah. And I just, I just love that. Yeah. The last, cause it's like Kara explaining to her sister, I am Supergirl," and her being like, yeah, sure. Okay. Now I know that now I know who you really are. And it's the same thing. It's Alex doing that back to Kara. He's like, we, we've been through this with you. I have that dual identity too. Now I'm letting you in on that. So it's like a full circle thing. It's I wish just, they would have stuck with that more. I love the sister relationship and they just kind of got rid of it. Like not fully, but it just wasn't as much of a focus. And I feel like that was like a lot of the heart of the show. Personally. Let's Um, be real. They went off the rails with that show. They sure did. did. They did. I think, uh, I like season three, season four started to like, I understand putting, politics in it a little bit to like educate people on like what's happening in a different way but I feel like it focused too much on it when you're like usually watch tv to escape then 
to like deal with the same things. But there is something later that I wanted to bring up. Um, it's Nia and her coming out as a superhero because I forget why she had to. Oh, but there's this whole storyline how she came out as trans and all you saw the backlash that it had and her get. Oh, it was just it was it was a rough episode, but. That's awful because when they did that in Batwoman, there when she came out as a lesbian, there wasn't really that. So that's terrible. I didn't watch it that far into the show to get to Nia. I've only seen it once, so like I can't comment on it too much. I just know it was a big thing, and Nicole Maines, who plays portrays Nia, like that that poor girl goes through so much on a daily life just trying to advocate for the trans community and the hate that they get is even worse than just being gay or lesbian. So I'm glad that they didn't shy away from that. Like they did, they talked to her about how they should write it, how they should portray it. And I think that's what makes coming out stories in media a lot better is when they're actually accurate. It all comes back to the writer's room, guys. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is great. Ask people, if you don't identify as LGBTQ and you want to write those characters, ask the people their experiences. Like Cody Peterson. Such mm-hmm. a great dude. Great dude. You got anything else to say, Bray? All right. The next Ooh. scene... So the next scene, I wrote so much, like, history stuff. Because, obviously, I didn't watch it when it came out because I wasn't born yet. (laughs) And then I realized, wait a minute. No, Brie and Theora would have actually seen it. And I didn't have to actually write down all this history stuff. But we're talking about Ellen and her coming out on her TV show. And how the world exploded. After that, um, before I'm gonna let just Brie and Theora get into their stuff, I'm just gonna write down. I'm gonna list, read whatever I the stuff that I have. So this sh- this episode came out on April thirtieth, nineteen ninety seven. Um, basically, the big plot point was that Ellen uh, was openly admitting that she was gay and she liked Susan. Network executives wanted to just give her a puppy instead of giving her a love interest. That is why the episode is called the puppy episode. Because they, once they actually let them, like, all right, fine, you can do the storyline, they kept that name so it wouldn't, so people wouldn't know what was actually going to happen. When the episode aired, 42 million people watched the episode. And the backlash was insane. Laura Dern, who I played, I believe played Susan, wasn't able to find work for a year after it aired. Yep. Ellen received death threats and the studio got a bomb threat. But luckily, filming was already done and they messed up the timeline. The network stopped promoting it and kept losing sponsors after it happened. So the show was canceled the next season. 
Ellen struggled with with success over the next six years until she started her talk show. But it also paved the way for all the stories to people to be who they are on TV. So now, I believe, Brie, you said that you watched it when it aired? I was watching the show up until that up until that point because it was I just liked it because it was funny. It was a funny show. It's Ellen. She's mm-hmm. funny. Ellen is fucking funny. Whatever else for whatever else she is. Yeah. She's a great comedian. Whatever. She's a great comedian. So I loved the show and watching it. And then one day I went to go, you know, like, oh, Ellen, it's time for Ellen. And my mom was like, you can't watch that show anymore. Like, uh, why not? And she didn't ever really give me a reason. I just knew I couldn't watch Ellen anymore. So in my, like, kind of young brain, I just went along with my day, I guess. And then years later, I was like, oh, okay, that's why. Huh. How old were you? When that happened? Uh-huh. Uh, tell me the, the year again. 1997. 1997. April 30th. So Maybe. it would have been... Why you want to make me do math? I was seven. I it was watch 25 show. years ago. So take your age minus 25. I was 14. Okay. I was coming. I was. The- I was just like hoping that you weren't like seventeen, eighteen, and your mom was like, "No, you can't watch it." I, I mean, even fourteen to the part. I was coming to the the time where I was going to start being like, "Huh, um, this is weird. What's going on?" So that may have been part of it because I did. I remember at the time saying um, things to my best friend about. People that had been coming out as gay because during this time period you had other people who were out coming out like Melissa Etheridge. So I remember commenting on Melissa Etheridge's song to my best friend and her going, ew. Yeah, we're both gay now. (laughs) This is indoctrination. (laughs) That response. Yep. Um, so you're supposed to say ooh, mm-hmm. despite whatever else is going on inside of you. And so I just kind of yep. w- went on with it and being like, okay, well, I can't be that. Mm-hmm. And then with the whole Ellen thing, years after, I went back and watched it. And I'm like, this is just, it was the most innocuous scene to to watch as someone who was okay with them with themselves at that point. And it was such a, it was like a bomb going off in the industry for such just a simple scene of a character telling the truth about themselves. Over a loudspeaker. Over well, a loudspeaker. Okay, before we get <laughs> that, she's telling Oprah, her therapist. Yeah. So also I shout out to that. Oprah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And Laura Dern is an icon for just playing Susan. Yes. Give her all Laura the respect. Mm. That's why we the gays all love Laura, because she did this and could get work for a year afterwards. 
just for they, they didn't even do anything in the show she just was susan that was it yeah she was just yeah. susan that was it mm-hmm. but when she's when ellen comes out like she works through it with her therapist like like a healthy person it's and so funny i forget if it was with the therapist or with her friends i think it was the therapist where she finally comes through it and like she says there are a lot of people out there that think i'm sick Mm-hmm. And she's like, why would I want to be discriminated against and have people call me names? Like, it's like the people now who are like, oh, being gay is a fad. It's like, why on earth would you want to, like, put yourself in this position where you're hate crimed? Like, why? Like, it, obviously, I'm not doing this for attention. Like, this is who I am. And it's like. And it's just it's sad that, like, that's the attitude of people. Um. And it just, it causes you to wrestle the way Ellen is wrestling with it in that moment. And she's very, in a good way, portraying, like, kind of what that's like. And, like, she's like, I could hide and, like, never tell my friends and avoid the discrimination. Or, like, maybe I could just be happy. Like, you know, and um, because there's that fear, too, when when she's telling Oprah and Oprah's like, oh, are you going to tell your friends? Are you going to tell your friends? And, like, Ellen struggles with that because it's, it's like, once you, what? She, you said, like, are you going to talk to your friends? She goes, well, yeah, I'm not going to stop talking to them just because I'm gay. She's like, oh, you mean tell them that I'm gay? No. (laughs) And she's like, oh, okay. Can you talk to your parents? She's like, okay, I'll talk to my friends. Yeah, but I mean, like, the thing is, though, it's like, well, once you say it, that's it. Like, you cannot take that back that you're saying. So, like, in her comedic way, she's high. Like, that's what she's trying to show. Like, she's like... I'm still going to be friends with them. I just, I don't need to tell them this because then our dynamic will change forever. And I'm afraid of that because that's very real. Like we've talked about all of the coming outs that go poorly where you lose family members. Mm-hmm. Friends are family to her. Like that is her family. Cause like a, a trope in queerdom is your family doesn't support you. So you find people in life that do and you have a found family kind of thing. So that's what Ellen has. And she's like, if I tell them I might lose them forever. And now I'm opening myself up to like ridicule and hatred, you know, but um, ultimately she's like, but I, on the flip side, I could have love with Susan maybe if that goes well. And like, you know, so I love that. When it's she's true. telling Susan and like, she's just having so, tr- so much trouble saying the words I'm gay. Cause like, it's hard to say. Yeah. But like the first time you say it is so Okay, but think about this situation, too. She's telling her crush this. Like, that makes it harder. Like, it's so relatable. Because, like, you know, there's, like, a barometer for being afraid of, like, telling family, telling friends, but, like, telling the crush. Because there's another layer of, like, wow, this is gonna hurt me in an even deeper way. So. But, of course, in true Ellen fashion, she says it into the mic and tells the entire airport. (laughs) Because it's Ellen. It's still a comedy show. You know, and they really did topic. keep the comedy in yeah. this episode. Like, it's hilarious. And I think that is so important. And that is what's missing from so much queer media. Because, like, literally everything we've talked about, except one day at a time, all of this stuff is so heavy and fucking dramatic. And it's like, it doesn't have to be. Like, what I love about Ellen as a comedian, and I think is so unique about her, is she has this universal way of using her material to relate to so many different people. So she was the perfect person to really write and tell this because she put it on everybody's level, like by interjecting jokes in very strategic times, ones that are relatable to so many people. Like I have something heavy. 
I don't want to tell my friends. I don't want to tell my family. Fine, I'll tell my friends because they're easier to tell. Like that's relatable, like regardless of the topic. And and she's really brilliant at that, writing stuff that's universal. And so it's significant that it was her that did this because she was able to reach 42 million people. That's something really only Ellen could have done at the time. And so regardless of who she is now, she changed the landscape of queer media by doing this. And the people that worked with her did this and it was groundbreaking and it it led the way to where we are now but like we all i find it really annoying that we like never get comedies like ever like that's why like i love a league of their own so much because there's fucking comedy in it we never get that it's always sad tragic or just like it's like enough like there there's queer joy too you know there's queer there's funny people like give us something else like we're just gonna have to make our own tv show for real but this was so just everything. And, and the other thing I love that she interjected, because again, she made it relatable and realistic. So when she's telling the friends, you have the one that like, I love you no matter what. The one who kind of like struggles to process it. Then there's the creepy dude who's like, yeah, lesbians. It's like, that's so real. And it's so annoying. And she's like, because <sighs> like, that's also what you are opening yourself up to when you say that out loud is the creepy dudes who are like, haha, this is for me. And it's like, <sighs> so I love that she put that in there too, because that's fucking reality. It's big. Yeah. I would have never known that scene existed. I didn't. I'm like, I took some weird classes in school. Hey, if you've never seen it, it. this is the one that really changed, it changed media. Yeah, they, that's why I think it was like the history of um, TV comedy. So we were going through like the decades and we were shown this rightfully so, but we only saw the airport scene. So when I was researching this and I saw all the other scenes and with Oprah, I'm like, this is freaking hilarious. And it's, it was so well done. Yep. Power of comedy. Speaking of comedy. <laughs> well, I mean, this wasn't, this wasn't a funny scene, but in a comedy, yes. We're going to transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to biphobia. Because, I mean, I could technically put the second scene. The second scene is really funny. But the first one we're going to talk about is Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Rosa Diaz. coming out to her parents. I've never seen this before now. And I do not know all the characters' names, so forgive oh, me. <laughs> but she's at dinner with the main dude. In the show. Jake. And her parents. Jake. Thank you. Jake. And then the, the girl's name is Amy, right? Well, Amy's not there. <laughs> we know, but I'm just, yeah. I'm just yeah, Amy. trying to figure it out. She's really pretty in person. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just back to the topic. Um, <laughs> got distracted. What, are we surprised? So they're at uh, dinner with Rose's parents. And... Somehow, okay, this been we've been trying to film this episode for three weeks now, so like I haven't seen it in a while. But basically, somehow it comes up that uh, Rosa says that Jake and her are dating because they the parents assume, I believe, and she's just like, all right, let's just go with it. And then the parents see Amy on Jake's phone and it's 
like her holding up her engagement ring, I believe. Mm-hmm. And the parents are like, it's okay. It's all right. I mean, everybody has their things. Like, it's okay that he's married. And then that, that's when Rosa Brace and she's like, oh, sorry. Back up a little bit. They're like, we, were, we thought you were going to tell us that you were gay. But him being married is fine. And she, that's when she breaks and she's like, you would rather me date a married man than be with a female, basically. Yeah. Yep, and that's, that's when she's just like, no, I'm not dating him. Okay? I'm... Like, I get, she, like, tells them she's bi, and there's a bunch of scenes in this compilation thing. And just the whole thing of them, like, not accepting that, but accept something that is really wrong. Like, don't, don't date a married guy. Right. You love, that you have to, again, it's like cognitive dissonance with the morality shifting, where they're like, oh, so you're a mistress, fine he's a man it's totally fine but if you were married if you were dating a woman that's that's immoral that's the how? how but people think that way they're like well it's fine because he's a man mm-hmm. like how there's that's that's actually immoral like versus <laughs> what i can't with these that's what i'm saying the cognitive dissonance of like what is morality is just ridiculous you hear yourselves and Rosa can't take it, to, to be fair. And, like, the whole thing is, like, she brought Jake because she was going to tell them she was bi and, like, got scared and then chickens out, like you said. And poor Jake the whole time. He's just trying to be, like, the supporter friend. He's like, whatever you need, Rosa, whatever you need. <laughs> um, But what, what, I, what was significant about the scene, too, is that uh, Rosa actually says, I'm bisexual. And, like, that never gets said out loud, like, ever. So... I love that the show had her actually say the word because it never gets said. And she sticks with it. She's like, no. And then later on, there's like in the other scene where they're playing board games with the family, I think there's like the bisexual denial that happens where they're like, well, you know, you're just experimenting. You'll, it's like, you'll, 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 that means that means that you can, you, you will get married to a man oh, and have yeah. kids, right? That's still an option. Yeah. It's and like, it's oh, like, so you'll still get married to a guy. Right. Cause oh, you're experimenting. And she's like, no, she's like, no, this means that I could marry a man or I could marry a woman. Like that, it that doesn't mean that. It's okay. just ridiculous. It's so okay. As far as we've gotten with people understanding more about the LGBTQ plus community, we're still the fucking poor bisexuals are still in this position where, and this happened at my workplace. I'll just FYI. So one of my coworkers is bisexual and married to a man. And so we were, we joke around because at my work, there are in the department that I'm in, there is me, there's another lesbian. And then there's the, the girl that's bisexual. So woman i should say we're all adults but we were joking around one day and it was overheard by another co-worker and so we went to explain that she's bisexual and she's like well 
how can you but you're not anymore because you, you mar- you're married to a man and I'm like we're like no she bye Caitlin bye Caitlin no she's still but she's still bisexual just because she married a man doesn't change her sexuality and she's like but she's married to a man so she's straight no, the, no. how how does the logic not get the elevator does not reach the top on bisexuality with so many people right the, and then and then her reaction after that after us trying to explain it is she walked away with her fingers in her ears going i don't want to hear it i think i remember when this happened you messaged us i did yeah. and that's it, like It prompted a lot of conversations because I was curious. So I spoke to other people at our work about it and an alarming amount of people didn't know how bisexuality works or what it was. It's like not complicated. I don't understand. (laughs) It's really not complicated. I have more of these things to say in the next scene, but when she is like trying to draw the photo of two women in love. Oh my god, yeah. And the parents Dirty are just dictionary. like friends, best friends, business partners. Everything except what it was. Right. And really drawing a heart. I mean, that's the thing. It's always like, oh, you're just experimenting and you'll you'll settle down. So it like it it's by denial is what it is. They're like, I can, I can, that's fine. That's like dating a married man. It's fine. You'll settle down eventually and like fit into the box that I want you to be in. It's just ridiculous. And I just, I love the end when like the parents are terrible and then the friends show up and Captain Holt, who is an out gay, proud gay black Mm -hmm. man on the show. And I love Captain Holt. And he tells Rosa and deadpan Captain Holt fashion where he says every time someone steps up and says who they are the world becomes a more interesting place and boom that's the line whoever wrote that chef's kiss that was beautiful because it's true like it was a very good line I enjoyed that as well also I think the part that gets even worse than that is biphobia within the community itself well, yes. Yes. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it makes no sense. It's biphobia and transphobia are like two huge things that make no sense for people even like, I mean, anybody, but like people in the community, like, come on. And it's not okay. You can't say those things just because you're gay. Like, I had my dad tell me that someone talking about someone who was transgender in a derogatory way was okay because he was gay. I'm like, no, it's not. Because that's even worse. Um, yeah, I had someone yesterday ask me, one of the, our guy, the mechanic guy that comes into the building and works on stuff, he likes to talk a lot. He said something about hearing a ad on the radio talking about and he was like lgqb and I, so he didn't know the he didn't know the acronym and then i finished it for him i was like i was like so lgbtqia plus and he's 
said, oh, yeah, what's the I? And I said, intersex. And he, he said, what's that? And I explained it. And then he goes, oh, hermaphrodites. And I said, no, you cannot say that. Do not say that. It's like that is any. And then he went off on a rant about how white people are oppressed, but whatever. Um, <laughs> so white people like, are oppressing. Yeah. Well, his whole explanation was absolutely bananas, but he obviously didn't understand why that was not a word you, not a word to use. And he's like, it's literally in the medical dictionary. I'm like, they change those, you know, there's not just one edition. They revise when, you know, better understanding occurs. Like homosexuality was in the DSM-5 or the DSM for however, however many years. And now it's not. So, yes, things change, sir. And if someone's telling you that a word is not okay and it hurts people, it's not going to hurt you to stop saying it. Exactly. That's a it's very good point. It's just going to help point, other Kayla. people. Like... I just hate the excuse. Like, well, that's how it was when I was growing up. And that's how I was raised. I'm like, okay. But that's not how it is now. And then they're like, well, I'm working on learning. I'm like, okay. But you're not if you're going to keep saying that same excuse over and over. Just. You you can internalize try to learn everything but it's not okay to keep saying the stuff out loud and just be like oh i'm learning like no you're not because you keep saying the same thing over and over the next topic is what or the next yeah okay so now that i'm very pissed let's go into even more pissing pissing (laughs) even more aggravating territory but in a fun way now i i heard this song for the first time doing research for this episode and i was cracking up so Daryl and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is bi. And now he tells everybody is through this amazing song. And maybe if I can get away with it on YouTube, I can insert a little bit of it. This song is but awesome. <laughs> I'm just, it talks about so many of the stereotypes and like, uh, not counteract, but like gives arguments against it. So I'm going to just, I have the lyrics up and I'm just going to read some of it. So it says, sorry, the chorus is hilarious. Now, some may say, oh, you're just gay. Why don't you just go gay all the way? But that's not it, because bi's legit. Whether you're a he or she, we might be a perfect fit. And one more thing, I tell you what, being bi does not imply that you're a player or a slut. Sorry, there's also the people in between. And this person's like, please make him stop. That's the like the best part. Like the, the coworkers are just like, do we have to do this right now in the middle of the meeting? But I like that they brought this up because a lot of people, like the arguments against like not dating people who are bi are like, oh well, they'll just cheat on me with someone of the opposite sex, or like they're more likely to cheat. That's not and how it works. It's not. <laughs> Yeah, I, that was one of my points for this, the slut shaming that comes with bisexuals. Um, it's just like this, again, sexualizing people 
Like, it's just like, hey, this is who I am. And then you just immediately sexualize this person. And you're like, oh, you just want to sleep with everyone? That's what this is. And it's just like so many assumptions that come from people who don't live this experience. That's where that comes from. Like, people who don't understand it, instead of trying to understand it, are just like, oh, it's because you're a slut. Got it. It's like, no. 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 Oh, I get really I'm so... It's always a... Interesting to see how I feel about things and like how angry I get over topics. I like didn't realize I was this angry over it. Like it's just it makes no sense because they're like, okay, gay is fine, bi is not. Well, here's the thing: this is the biphobic male versus female reaction. It's polar opposite. With Rosa, the woman, the assumption from her parents who don't understand it was oh, you're straight and just experimenting with women and being gay versus the male reaction for men that come out as bisexual is like, oh, you're just gay, but you're too scared to fully be gay. So it's like the opposite assumption, right? Yeah. Um, another <laughs> part of the song is like they're talking about like something I'd like to demystify. It's not a phase. I'm not confused. Not indecisive. I don't have the gotta choose blues. I don't care if you wear high heels or a tie. You might just catch my eye because I'm definitely bi. I loved that song. It was such a good one. Oh, it's so good. It's really catchy. I agree. <sighs> yeah, because a lot of people say it's like um, the transition point from being straight to gay. It's just like, oh, you're experimenting. So I just, it's so stupid. It's so freaking stupid, especially if you're in this community already. Yep. I mean, not that people don't go through that. Uh, like sometimes are, it is the case. Labels are dumb. Just, be yeah. just because people feel like they're forced to label themselves. And if that's. We're going to have an episode about that. Yeah, so that's basically it. Yes, some people will go through a transition where they're like, okay, maybe I'm bi, and then they identify as that, and then maybe they go, no, I'm not really attracted to the opposite sex. I think I'm gay, and that's fine, but it's not the case for everyone. They're like actual bisexual people in the wild. Surprise. Oh my gosh. Sorry, I get really mad about biphobia. Oh, I know I we're both getting very angry right now. I don't even identify. Just like all of my bi friends that get shit over. All, oh, it's dumb. I don't even know anyone who's bi. I mean, we're working on Danielle, but. Yeah, um, well. <laughs> yeah. The is just like, oh my God. <laughs> We're not she's, actually she's working on Danielle. It's a joke. We're not. I it's know. a joke. We are not. Oh, I'm not saying it for you. I'm saying it for oh, anyone for in the audience yeah. that would be like. It's uh, not the gay agenda of us trying to turn everyone gay. It's our huh. inside joke. Yes. And Danielle approves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> actually, she plays into it quite a bit. She really does. <laughs> I love her. She's the best. She's a good sport. But 
Speaking of things that are not taken seriously. Mm, boy, here we here here's another one. <sighs> yes. We're going to head on over to Legends of Tomorrow. And a character that came out as asexual on the show in the last season. And then it mm. got canceled. And I'm really pissed about it. Because I'm like, well, now there's a cliffhanger. And I really hate it. That's another story. Anyway, Spooner. What I love about this scene is that Spooner doesn't understand. Like Spooner doesn't know that she's asexual. Uh, she's talking to Zari. And Zari's like, so... Like, you see any guys you like, like, in the bar or something? Or, like, who's your type? Something like that. And she's like, no, I don't really... I'm not really into that. She's like, oh, okay. Well, well, how about any of the girls? The women? And she's like, I don't know if I'm really into that either. And Zari's just like, oh, okay. And then explains to her about what asexuality is. And Spooner goes, huh. I think I'm asexual then. And it's just like so the simple exchange and seeing Spooner, like, yes, labels don't matter, but getting to be validated with your feelings and like know that there's other, like there, there's a thing for it, I feel is validating. So seeing how you kind of see her get relieved a little bit because you could see how uncomfortable she's in the beginning of the conversation talking about people and that's how I always was, like, when people talked about guys. And he's like, do you think that guy's cute? And I'm just like, no, no, they're, that's, no. <laughs> but, yeah, so, and then Zari was just, like, so sweet to her. And I just love that whole scene. It's a really good scene. And you get, I think labels are useful to find community, especially, because that's, that's a thing, and to kind of, you know, processing yourself, they can just get, they're not, they're problematic from an outside perspective more than anything, but I really loved the scene for the reasons you said, and because nobody talks about asexuality, mm -hmm. which is, you know, my sister identifies as ace, so it's like, just fucking trust people when they say what I was what yeah go ahead how they feel that's all I have to say I was doing research on it for this episode because I'm like I want to talk more about this because I only have one scene for it because that's all I knew like this was the first time I've I, not that I heard of it but like seen it like actually be portrayed and I wanted to figure out like if this was actually a thing in media because I've never heard it before and there are some, but it was always portrayed. It was always portrayed as something that medical professionals could fix. Yeah, that's gross. And the opposite of this scene, because what I, what I, I, everything you guys just said, what I enjoy to, to add on to it is just like Spooner's first reaction is basically like I I'm not normal and I don't know why. But then the friend is immediately like, "Oh no, this is totally normal." Like, here's what it, there's a term for this, and like I think that's part of the relief where it's like, "Oh, oh, it's not there's this is a thing, and I'm not just like some weird anomaly, right. like sense of community, like you said, Brie." But to have the friend be like, "No, this is normal," it's like 
this is normal. It's fine. Like what you're feeling is like a, another level of validation beyond just being like, oh, there's a term for this. But the friend being like reassuring, like, hey, this is normal. You know, Very important. I just yeah. want to confirm real quick. I don't know if you guys watched that far into Legends. I've never seen this show. <laughs> just like okay. gifts. This was the season that I, I stopped watching right before this season. Okay, I just want to confirm something real quick because I don't fully remember. I want to make sure that Spooner is she, her. Because I believe so. But I do not want to get this wrong because I've only seen that season once and it was a little while ago. Spooner. Okay, you got to put more context into Google for that. <laughs> Yeah, she. Okay. I. Yeah. Doesn't hurt to clarify. No, it doesn't at all. In fact, no. ask the question. That's our that's our new tagline. Ask the questions. Ask the questions. I had to. Um, one time my mom was like, well, how do you know if someone identifies as a girl or a boy? I'm just like, go up to them and ask what their pronouns are. It's okay to ask what their preferred pronouns are. It's, it's the really respectful way to do it. Yeah. Um, but you were talking about labels, and I feel like while it may limit others and people don't like it, for some people it does really help them. Mm -hmm. And I think seeing it more on TV would help a lot of people. In the comics... Uh, is I don't know if it's called Riverdale in the comics. Whatever that comic was, um, Jughead Arch, the was, Archie comics. Yeah, that one, that yeah. one, that one. Sorry, um, Jughead was asexual in the comics, and they didn't transfer that to the show. And it was such a huge canon thing in the comics. Well, I don't know how big. I have limited research here. Um, they they should have kept it for the TV. I've never seen I that agree. show, though. I don't understand the why you put it, but hey, whatever. It's like, I don't watch that show, but from promotion material, it just looks like a, one of those, like, typical het shows where, like, the teenagers are hypersexualized. So, like, the main character is going to be heard. an ace character. It just has that energy where you have, like, models in their 20s playing 16-year-olds, so it's hypersexualized. Like... I'm over that representation in general. Like, so that's yeah. probably why. And it's on like the CW. <laughs> I think the same person, <laughs> the same person, oh, we can, we can have a whole episode on networks if we want about <laughs> how they handle it. We made things. an entire episode for the CW. I think, I, yeah, no, no, I think we'll have to take like a whole month to be like, CW, Netflix, Hulu, Disney. Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> we have lots of thoughts. <laughs> Freeform. Freeform can be in the Disney one though, because that's it Disney. can. It can. Yeah. I know we covered a ton of different like coming out stories, and it's kind of a universal experience with like queer people. Um, so if there's any scenes that were particularly memorable to you in media that we didn't talk about, please share them with us like on social media tag us um or if you want to share your story like 
please, please do come into our discord, come talk to us. Um, nobody should have to be alone with all these feelings. Um, if you're in a situation where it's not safe for you to come out, like that is totally valid. Like, please protect yourself. Um, that's what's most important at the end of the day. Just know you're not alone. Like we, you're, you're not alone. You are normal. No matter what. We're we're clear and we're not going anywhere. Yes. Yes. Love you all. (laughs) Hydrate for lesbian Jesus. Hydrate. And, And definitely stay safe. We love you. You're not alone. (laughs) And with that, we've been Big Gay Energy. If you like this episode, check out all of our other episodes on whatever you're using to listen right now. Please subscribe and like all the things. If you happen to be listening on Apple, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review, no matter how brief. This is what Apple uses in their algorithm to uh, help us gain a wider audience, so please, please, please help us out. Yes, and please feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you about everything and anything. And if we like it, we'll probably give you a shout out on the air. You can find us at all the things. Twitter at Big Gay Energy Pod, Tumblr, Big Gay Energy Pod, Instagram, Big Gay Energy Pod, or you can email us at biggayenergypod at gmail.com. Until next time, stay safe and hydrate for lesbian Jesus. <laughs>